Whether it's bad planning, bad luck, bad timing, or bad inventions, well-intentioned bad decisions have plagued history for thousands of years. Welcome to Historic Hindsight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Historic Hindsight. I'm John, that's Tom, and today we're going to talk to you about syphilis. That's right, Johnny. Syphilis, or more specifically, the Tuskegee syphilis study, which uh, looked at... uh, what happens when you don't treat syphilis in the African-American community and then not tell them that that's what you're doing? That they were not treating it? Yeah, that we're not treating it. They're yeah. just going to see what yeah. happens when you just let people get infected with a ST? Are they STIs now, right? STIs, whatever, and then not treat it and not you know, do anything about it and just see what happens at the end of the day. So this is, uh, it's also known as the Tuskegee experiment, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, or in the, or, you know, at the time or this time, now that we're looking at it, the U.S. government gave free health care to the black community in Alabama and they didn't actually give them any health care to watch what would happen. So, so, so they told them that they, like the people were under the impression that they were yes, that they being were treated, mm-hmm. but then they weren't. So, um, and this is in, I'm sorry, Tuskegee, you said Alabama, so Tuskegee, it, Alabama is uh, where well, Tuskegee well, it's, is? Well, it's, it's uh, the Tuskegee University is part of the study, Okay, which is a primarily, like a, historically, it's a black uh, college. Sure. Is it, in, but in Alabama? But it is in Al- okay. a- Alabama, Maine Coon County, Alabama. Okay. Is where this takes place. It was an inspir- uh, experiment, excuse me, conducted by the United States Public Health Service, mm-hmm. also known as a PHS, and the CDC and the Tuskegee University between 1932 and 1972. So they let this go on years? for a while. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, I when you said 1932, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But I thought you were going to be like, until like 1936. No. 40 no. years this was it going goes, on. Yeah, it goes into the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the goal was to study the effects of untreated syphilis on the African-American male population. Now, why uh, specifically the African-American male I, population? So um, there was – and you're, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but it's fine. Uh, there you was this thought you, – You can fill me in later. That's all right. No, there's a thought process that – at the time in the 1930s, we had to justify the whole racism thing. Right, yeah. And so a lot of scientists yeah. were doing phony science where they were trying to show that there were actually differences genetically between the races. Which trying to create a argument that white like people, people are, are genetically are, superior, not just yes. you know because they decided to own people better, mm-hmm. I guess, or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so 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 trying to get fake scientific back backing that. Yeah. Okay. So there was a thought that syphilis would attack um, the African-American population differently than it would attack the, the white population. Well, it definitely will if you don't treat it. <laughs> there is that. Uh, they specifically chose a poor community that would not likely get health care on their own. They promised them free health care and then gave them no treatment and did not inform them that they were actually infected and did not inform them that they were studying syphilis at all. And, uh, you know, the end result is almost every single patient would be dead by the time the study concluded. Way to go, team. Okay, so now, they didn't, they, they didn't 
infect them with syphilis, did they? No, no, okay. they, they weren't intentionally, <laughs> okay. no. No, we'll clear that it's up. It's just they if they had syphilis, they yeah. weren't going to tell them about it, weren't going to treat it, weren't going to do anything about it. So obviously you have what? a lot of questions. I want to I do. answer your questions. So we'll start at the beginning. Where did this all start? So it goes all the way back to 1928. There was an Oslo study of untreated syphilis in Oslo, Norway, which uh, obviously would be a white study because there's right I predominantly. Mean, there's not a lot of diversity, especially in back Norway. in the 30s. I would imagine no. or 20s, late 20s, like late, late 20s. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and it was what was called a retrospective study of syphilis. So essentially, what they did is they would take people who died of syphilis mm-hmm. and they would go back through their medical records and say, okay, this is you know, this is all the problems that they had. That we can attribute to syphilis. Right, Retro, yeah. retrospective. Yeah, that's how so you we, do things uh, morally, ethically. Morally, ethically, yes. Um, <laughs> and that's the key thing here. And so now we enter the United States Public Health Service that was interested in expanding the Oslo study by looking at black males prospectively. So while they're actively untreating their syphilis. What happens? Year by year, day by day kind of thing. So the, uh, the PHS formed a study group in 1932 in D.C., Washington, D.C., that was headed by a Dr. Talaferro Clark. We'll just say Dr. Clark because I can get that That sounds right. way easier. Uh, who initially wanted to look at the black male population over the course of six months to a year and then give them treatment for the disease. So the, the, the plan here initially was not a bad plan. Initially it was we'll just, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll take a group of X amount of people, we'll monitor them for a year, and after the year's up, we will give them the best treatment that we have available to us at this time. Okay, so basically stringing them along as guinea pigs with a carrot at the end of it, though. Because mm-hmm. they do eventually get whatever the best treatment might be. And again, poor black community in Alabama that probably yeah, would have gone untreated anyway. Yeah. And so and we'll get there here in a second and how that was done. Uh, the study group was actually able to secure funding through what was called the Rosenwald Fund. That's uh, R-O-S-E-N-W-A-L-D, Rosenwald, uh, which is a charity fund that's money was used for the well-being of mankind. Ah, that was the which intention. mankind? <laughs> there we go that was the in- and that was the intention of this program it was it was the well-being of mankind so the Rosenwald sure. Fund was like all right hey no this is good we're going to study syphilis we're going to compare if, if there's any differences because maybe there is maybe there's not who knows you know that's what science is about we have a hypothesis right and, and, and the, the premise that uh, a certain disease would attack a race or gender or whatever differently is not unheard of there are no, there are there diseases, are diseases there are viruses whatever that do uh you know, are more prevalent among certain, you know, whatever race it may be. But so it's not an unheard of concept. They're not trying no. to completely invent stuff, um, but they're not uh, going about it the great way. Now, uh, a fun side note is the the founder of the Rosenwald Fund. He was also co-owner of Sears. So, oh. and this was back when Sears okay. was relevant. Like, right. Yeah. Sears yeah. Roebuck, it was, it was, you know, it was like the Walmart of the day. Yeah, like everybody was, wanted that Sears catalog, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if it was out then, but. No, they had a catalog all the way back. Yeah, from the beginning. Like, is that is that how they started as a catalog Yeah, company? It, was a, it was a catalog company. Yeah, you could, you could order an elephant through the Sears catalog at one point in time. Like a legit elephant. Like, and, wh- and we let Sears go out of business. Way to go, millennials. Right? <laughs> or like, whatever happened to being able to order an elephant online? Like, I want to order an elephant. Have them in a backyard just chilling. I mean, the, ex- go wrong? the expenses, though. Yeah, it would be expensive, yeah. Maybe I'll settle for, like, a wombat or something smaller. Yeah, that's a little more manageable. <laughs> in any case. Um, but, you know, 
what, how could we go about doing this study? You know, we have the money now, mm-hmm. we have the idea, but how do we go about doing it without, you know, telling them? Well, without treating, like, cause, like, <laughs> who's going to volunteer to be like, yeah, I have syphilis, I'll go untreated for X amount of time before getting right. treatment. Well, and I'm guessing in in the area that they're searching in too, without the healthcare and everything, do people even know that they have syphilis? Well, there we go. So, uh, enter Dr. Thomas Perrin Jr., who was asked by the Rosenwald Fund to examine their outline of the study and to kind of point them in a direction for what population would be the easiest to uh, to manipulate. I mean, treat. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. To uh, get to. It, to, uh, <laughs> to to to, to convince to enter the study because I'm guessing they uh, went through everything that you have to go through today with uh, you know signing the mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. no they didn't sign any documents that might, co- that saying, might come about because of ah <laughs> <laughs> so Inf- it was doc- informed consent that's the word I was looking. It, yeah informed, informed consent, consent. Yeah. yeah informed consent doesn't exist yet mm-hmm. so enter uh, Dr Perrin Jr who suggests that if uh, if one wished to study the natural history of syphilis in the African American race uninfluenced by treatment this county Maine Coon would be an ideal location for a such study why was Maine Coon ideal? Because the entire population of Maine Coon was mostly sharecroppers. Now, if you're from Europe or if you haven't learned about sharecropping in U.S. history class because we do a horrible job of teaching about or this. Or if you forgot so, because they just glossed over it. They glossed over it. Really so, uh, so, when, so when slavery went away, that need for cheap labor didn't go away. Right, yeah. All the work yeah, still was there that needed to be done. These landowners who owned, you know, 150, you know, 50 to 1,000 acres or 5,000 well, acres, this big, many, large yeah. class of land, we don't have a tractor yet, so we can't use the machines to farm that. So you have to have people. We're not going to sell you land because why would we get rid of all my land that my, my ancestors and ancestors got legally from the Indians? Why would, they they, right, why would we do that? They rightfully uh, conned and diseased the Indians into that land. So what they did was a system called sharecropping where they would allow this farmer to come onto the land mm-hmm. and, and grow the grain. They're not providing the grain. They're just providing the land. Now, it was up to the owner of the land to determine what value their crops were. So regardless of how successful the, the crop was or how non-successful the crop was, it was the landowner who determined how successful it was, what the crop was worth, and what you were going to get paid for your share of the work. And by your hmm. share of the work is you did all the work. Yeah. And we're going to give you money based on what we think it's worth. And that sharecropper had no legal protection of that land. Like they didn't own the land, so they right. can't live yeah. there. They can't do anything on it. Uh, they had no legal protection of their work. And at the end of it, like if this if this farmer said, eh, I'll give you 50 pence for it, like that, that was That's, it. You had yeah. no. You have to settle so for it that. So it was as close to legalized slavery as you could get. Yeah. Now, it, like, it sounded it, like, because today you can do a thing where if I was to go out and move to the country and buy some land and it happened to come with you could pay you know, 10 tillable to, acres, yeah. I could rent out the land yes. and say, and I lease it out and you pay me X number of dollars. But that's it. it I don't yeah, get anything yeah. from no, what you they just, you, grow. You, yeah, you, ju- you like, just get the money from the lease of the, yeah. and that. So the, and that's different than sharecropping. Right, sharecropping yes, is, and that's where, that's where the difference is. You're not paying them for the land. You're, you're growing the crops, and they tell you, and it's not you can't take those crops because you don't own those crops either. You can't take those crops and sell them on your own. No, 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 no. You have to give them to the, the landowner yeah. who sells them and then gives you a cut of that. So, land. yeah, it's indentured uh, servitude in some it, it, Yes. It, it, sense. 
a modern equivalent would be we're all you know you might be watching this on YouTube, and you might be a YouTube creator, a content creator. And as a content creator, you're you're making media that goes onto this worldwide web that YouTube gets money for based on ad revenue. Now, if you're good enough uh, and your content is appropriate to YouTube's randomly changing laws, you will get a share of that profit determined on what YouTube thinks that you're owed. So, well, they, I mean, they base it on views and stuff, which, quick transition, which we are very close to a huge milestone for us of nearly 100 subscribers. Which I found out, Johnny, if we get to 100 subscribers, we get our own URL uh, for YouTube. So Oh, I thought you were going to say plaque. No, we don't get a plaque until uh, we're never going to get a plaque. You have to get 100,000 to get a plaque. 100,000? 100,000 to get a plaque. Yeah. Man, even if every single one of our followers got like 90 other followers, that's like 81. Anyway, give us a follow. Why give not? Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a share if you enjoy it. We are getting some new people. We're getting a little buzz. Last week, we, yeah. got, we got quite a few three people that gave us a lot of lot of inf- input in, 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 in buzz. So uh, we yeah. do appreciate that. Thanks to uh, you three folks. We are a small channel. We get no monies for this. We are not monetized. We won't, we're too small to be monetized. Even if not going to be. We can. We're not going <laughs> to be. Uh, so, yeah, this is just us hanging out, drinking, and talking about history. Cause yeah, so we're, we're the dumb sharecroppers that are like, no, no, I'll go ahead and do all that work. You don't got to pay me anything. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you don't got to pay us anything. We'll just do well, it. Well, you. You. I just uh, sit here and listen to you. So well, you're the you, one you doing all the work. Hmm. Yeah, but I don't well, do work. I don't do the research. research and stuff. I just... Yeah, you know, I do the research. I do. I also do the editing too. So if, if you don't, I go like back that, into my memory can, bank. You can yell. Well, it started with Johnny doing the editing, but he didn't actually edit. <laughs> he just, he just. No, if you have to edit, you have to listen to the whole thing. Are you kidding me? That's insane. Uh, All right. We talked well, for getting, so long, Tom. Getting back, getting back on track. The study group reaches out to the local uh, uh, Tuskegee University, which, again, they said it was primarily African-American, and asked mm-hmm. if they wanted to assist. And the university said, recognition and, recognition in a scientific paper? <sighs> oh, and also, uh, how, how much money is included in this uh, assisting that we're doing? There's probably, there's probably a little bit. There's probably a little bit. Oh, there is. There absolutely is. So the Tuskegee University, they reach out to local African-Americans in the, in, the, in the community, and they find 600 volunteers. Volunteers. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, 399 test positive for syphilis. 201 were negative, so they're used as a control group, assuming they don't get syphilis down the road. Now, quick question. I don't know how much you know about syphilis. Do you know what some of the symptoms, some of the um, negative aspects of syphilis are? Like how, how one might know uh, they have syphilis or what, what they're going through, I guess. Um, so we'll jump ahead a little bit here. Here are the side effects of syphilis. If you have syphilis and you like go untreated, okay. uh, it could possibly lead to blindness, deafness, mental health issues, including dementia, hmm. um, or just, uh, like hallucinate. What is that? Psychosis? When yeah. You start hallucinating so, yeah. Things? yeah. It could lead to that. Uh, it could also lead to heart disease, uh, collapse of the uh, central nervous system and respiratory issues and, uh, and death. Holy cow! So okay, so this isn't. Yeah, if syphilis I, goes untreated, it's not crabs. It's, it's, it's no, <laughs> it's, no. If it goes like it's attacking your brain. Yeah, yeah. If it goes untreated, you're 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 gonna get sick. <laughs> um, they convinced these men to participate in the study by promising them free medical treatment that they did not receive, and they did not inform them of their diagnoses of having syphilis, despite the ability to infect other people. Some of these men were married, and they're like. Meh. Yeah, that's fine. So, okay, so they got the 600 volunteers, and this is just 
people who say, hey, we're doing a study. Uh, well, they don't they know said, if they have syphilis or not. They advertise it. You like can this. come they, get. There was a term that was going around in the African-American community, and especially in poor areas like Maine Coon, that there was a thing called bad blood. Ah. And bad blood meant a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could mean syphilis. It could mean sickle cell uh, anemia. Uh, it could mean all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, and it harkens back to the bubonic plague when... You know, we got ghosts thought, in our blood. Oh, if you're sick, you would need to let all that bad blood out. So yeah. that type of yeah. stuff. And so that's what they advertise it for. Free medical treatment for a study on bad blood. Okay. And potential treatments for this for this bad blood. Um. By the by, uh, when they started this study, the medical test books all recommended immediate treatment for syphilis because it's a very because, serious thing. Because even and, uh, then they realized how bad it got. And yeah, yeah, don't let it go untreated. Uh, unfortunately, at the time of the start of this study, the best treatment were very caustic treatments that were mm. you know, harmful to the body. They're basically, you're injecting yourself with a caustic substance that will burn it out. Yeah, uh, chemo- chemotherapy type stuff Chemo, like yeah, chemotherapy type stuff yeah. or radiation like you're actually you're attacking the body or making the body attack itself but it's also getting rid of the bad thing one of those chemicals that they that they used or one that was primary used was uh was bismuth so you mm. might remember that johnny mm-hmm. from your your science yeah. days yeah i, don't I remember know. I don't, that word i don't know what that is but apparently it's a chemical that is very bad for you do nasty not, stuff yeah do not ingest it but that's what they put into you to you know Treat your syphilis. Yeah, you know if it kill if it kills some cells, it's going to kill those cells too, right? So and, yeah, just play, it's a numbers to, game. Uh, and in order to not seem suspicious about them not actually getting medical treatment when they came in for their exams, they would occasionally give them these bismuth treatments, but like not the right way. They would do an underdose. They wouldn't do it on a regular enough basis to actually kill the syphilis. So they would just be like, "Here's they, an injection. It should work." They didn't even just give them a placebo. They did, they did placebos as well. Oh, okay, I was going to say, because like at that point, you just, you're like, all right, here is some saline solution. Let me know it's how a, you feel tomorrow. Yeah, it's, a, it's a magical it's a magical substance, yeah. No, they did, they did that as well. Okay. They did that as well. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Now, uh, now making it out, like I said, uh, to be a little bit meaner than it was initially at start, but, but not really. So shortly after the experiment started, Rosenwaldfond looked at it and said, yeah, we're not cool with this anymore. <laughs> this is unethical. And they pulled their funding. So once the funding was pulled, like a reasonable study, Dr. Clark canceled every... Oh, wait, no, he just said, all right, we're just not going to treat him. So, okay, so the, the, the part of the study that the money was pulled from was the treatment bit. It was a, was a treatment bit. They're yeah, like, all right, we bit. need you here and your funding and your you know medicine, obviously, to help treat the patients. And they pulled yeah. that and they're like, ah, you know what, we'll go ahead and do the study anyway, see what happens. Yeah, we're gonna do this study anyway. See what happens. Yep. Now that's a Doc- curious mind, which is nice. You want that in science, um, yeah. but also uh, a soul would be nice. Would be nice. Yeah. Um, Doctor Clark then decides to take the the study that he was about six months in at this point, and he said that wasn't long enough, and he changed the study's focus, which is probably fair and true. Like no, it probably, it probably well, that's not true. a long time to gather a lot of data on so something like he, that. He changed the the time frame from six months to a year to indefinite, like just. We'll just whenever we get we'll, the data we'll, we need. Yeah, whenever we get the data we need or cool. whenever they die, we'll just do autopsies <laughs> on them. There it is. Um, which is what happens. Spoiler. Mm. That happens. Oh, um, hi, your loved one? Yes. Uh, before you go through <laughs> with that uh, burial, 
Uh, they agreed to a study so, 38 years ago, so, and uh, yeah, so, we need that body. So yeah, to uh, just to jump ahead for two seconds because it doesn't much matter. That's exactly what they said. The part of the the whole contingency when you signed up for the study was that your body was to to be allowed to be autopsied if if you died. So, yep, that's they exactly didn't what... plan this study initially for six months. Good God, they knew what yep. they were doing all along. He also changed the hypothesis from like just untreated syphilis and how it would affect black males. He changed it to how it would affect black males in comparison to white males. He had the hypothesis that uh, with white males, it would syphilis would attack their neurological systems more, and with the African Americans, it would attack their uh, their their uh, heart heart system more. Heart. Okay, and I imagine that's on account of white people having superior brains, which is the justification for why we were able to do the slavery thing and we're better than them. Yeah, probably. I mean... Because it's probably. like, oh, well, it's it just attacks their, like, well, chest and, and stuff. It attacks our brains. And to be fair, that is, like, the... Not that it's not the leading cause with men, white men either, but, like, one of the, like... African American population heart disease is like right. the the thing yeah. at even a higher rate than it is with white people. So you know, th- maybe that's the thought pattern. Of okay, it too, and so but... and so, what white community did they go into to get a bunch of other uh, they, participants they just, to no, compare just, to? No, we got the study from Oslo. That was oh, so they're going to use that study. That they're study, using, yeah, they're using. So that a study, study that was performed completely differently than the study that they're performing. They're going to use the data from that to use for the comparison. Yeah, that's okay. Sure. All right. Yep. That's I how know. you do the scientific method. That's that 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 tracks. <laughs> right? Uh now we gotta go back to this treatment thing with the placebos and the bismuth and all that stuff. But this whole neurological syphilis, they had a test for neurological syphilis, like to see if it got into your central spinal system mm-hmm. or central nervous system, spine, all that kind of stuff. So you do that with a spinal tap. Spinal taps are a very dangerous procedure, even today. There is inherent risk with that. You can go you paralyze somebody, you can kill somebody with the, it. Yeah, anytime way. you mess with it's the spine, a, it's dangerous. It, it's dangerous. And so uh, not a lot of people are going to be jumping at the bit to, uh, to, to say, yes, I will do a spinal tap, please and thank you. No, so... Yeah, show, it, show people the needle for an epidural and ask how many dudes want to sign up for that. <laughs> so enter Dr. Raymond... Vonderleer, uh, who is the the primary doctor that's like overseeing, like he's on the ground level. He's the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, Doctor Vonderleer, Vonderleer, uh, yeah. is, is he? Uh, is he? Is he German? This, this, he has. He might be German, but this is pre. This is pre. Well, it's not pre Nazis, but it's pre. It's you know. Okay, so this isn't one of the Germans that we saved from the it, uh, German scientists that we no, stole from well, World maybe. War Two. You know and what? Then... You know what? Maybe I'm not entirely sure when he actually entered the study, and the study started in 1938. So there is, it is possible. There's potential that we there's, that we have a Nazi saved scientist a, doing the, these. Ins- I didn't, I didn't deep dive him. I'm, I'm guessing anyways, if if he was a, a former Nazi scientist, I'm guessing they used him uh, as their barometer for what is ethical. Ethical, yeah, they probably did. So in order to get men to sign up for the spinal tap treatments, uh, he specifically said that the spinal tap wasn't a test to look for syphilis. It was actually a treatment in and of itself. And he put ads in the newspaper that said, last chance for free medical treatment for bad blood. So just lying. 
<laughs> just lies. Just just flat out lies. Um, this asshat would take a step further by encouraging and paying black doctors to deny treatment to these men. So if any of the men in the study actually went to another doctor or specifically African-American doctors. A doctor that might actually give a shit about them. Uh, he actually paid them and said, don't treat these men. These, these ones you can't treat. Those ones are fine. These ones don't, 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 don't do that. Don't treat them. Okay. And again, and that did, actually became, uh, um, real quick. Uh, sorry. Uh, the men that they obviously they got them in, they tested them, they found out whatever, you know, 75% mm-hmm. had it. That they didn't tell them that they had it. Is that correct? No, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when that alone wasn't enough, uh, he made it a contingent of the program to not seek outside medical treatment. And if that wasn't enough, like they had, like, okay, I'm sorry, if you were in this program and wanted you your free health care get- later, you can't get it now. Yeah, you can and then we're get, also not going to give it to you later. Well, you could you could get your free health care, but it has to be from our clinic. You can't right, which is not else. free health care. It's fake experiments. Yep. Great. And if all that wasn't enough, there was a nurse, Eunice Rivers, uh, who would give free rides, free exams, free hot meals on exam days, and free treatment for minor ailments that were not syphilis-related for any of the participants in the study. So if you're a poor sharecropper who's struggling to make ends meet that free meal yeah you take it you take it that free ride to get free medical care i'm not going to get treatment hey my back hurts yeah i'm working in the field all day long i guess i'm not now i can go and get treatment for it hell yeah i'll do it this study by the way johnny you might be wondering yourself well it had to be secret because like if this was published in scientific papers, people are going to have a shit fit about it right uh normally i would say that but this is the 1920s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s apparently too and so i'm not too uh confident in a the american general or the general americans public american the american general public their uh knowledge of science and, and, and i'm also very dismayed at the unethical behavior of uh science in general really yeah but man well, did we learn I, I, that we said, learned so, we learned so much as a world golden, between 1920 and 19 i don't know say uh 43 yeah we learned yeah. a lot of stuff in those yeah. couple of decades um because it turns out if you don't care how you get the data you just want to get it and you go out and get it and you don't care about the people you can learn so much yeah and they did. Well, the study wasn't secret. From day one, it was published in medical journals with all the details, including the whole, yeah, we didn't tell them that we weren't treating them thing. But somehow when, the study uh, still Now, when was it. the first published um, paper? Do, uh, know, do you know I, that? In the, in the, in the 40s. In okay, the 40s. so after they had several years, they, yeah. they released a paper with all of their hypothesis, their procedure, everything else. Yeah, so somehow the study made it all the way into the 70s, and I'm going to go through the list of where somebody should have caught along and should have stopped it, right? Oh, okay. So right uh, off, can I start? Yeah. 1938. Yeah. Well, right off the bat, there were those in the public health service, the PHS, that were like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this isn't ethical and we shouldn't be doing this. Yep, that's and where you sp- bounce. And spoke out on it, and they were either told to shut up or leave, and most of them just said, all right, I'm bouncing to another part of the company. Yep. Uh, during World War II, 250 of these males registered for the draft, and during their additional me- initial medical exam were found to have syphilis. Ah. And were told, you got to go seek treatment. And they're like, but I've been getting But, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. All like, I have been getting injections 
every six months for the past three years. Like, what do you mean? So that should have been a clue to somebody somewhere. In 1947. Now, Pennsylvania, now, were they allowed to go get treatment? Like, did the military no, go and that was, that was treat a part them? Of the whole, no, the, the military said that you had to go get treatment before you can be... Uh, before right, can and so and so they were like, oh, well, I can't get treatment, and so I have to go back, and I just can't join the military or whatever? I guess, I guess out of the dra- Out right. of the draft, I guess, but then there's that out whole syphilis thing. Yeah, there's a whole syphilis thing, yep. In 1947, oh, penicillin became the default treatment for syphilis, and it wasn't like it was a not-known thing. Like, by 1947... Everybody knew you treat it with penicillin, which is still what we do today. It's just well, because penicillin, good God, what a miracle drug! Yeah, you treat anything with that. Um, uh, but these, uh, but this was never introduced into the study. We never started giving penicillin out to anybody. It was just nope. That would defeat the whole purpose of studying what untreated syphilis does. All right, real quick, and I and I and I'm sorry. Um, it does not take forty years. To find the long-term effects of things, you know, you want to know why, like vaccines and stuff, take usually eight to ten years to to pass is because they have to examine the long-term effects of it. That's eight to ten years. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a long time, and you get so much data during that. So this forty-year study is, I mean, they they just didn't want to. Treat them. And, and I have to, I'm going to spoil it. The study doesn't end because the study ends. The study ends because it was told, you all right, we're done. Because finally in the 70s and then more <laughs> yeah. so in the 80s and 90s, we start to be like, oh, maybe when we do scientific so, stuff, we should be ethical. Well, the 80s and the 90s come. But anyways, damn it, Johnny, keep jumping ahead. So after I'm sorry, World I, War II, I, I'm sorry, I don't do research. I know. So after World War II, there was the first doctor outside of the public health service that, uh, by the name of Count Gibson. So first off, Dr. Count Gibson, I don't yeah. care what he's doing. Awesome name. Yeah, I'll go to him. Uh, he expressed concern on the study. He read an article in the medical journal and was like, holy shit, you can't do that. Like, no, you can't. That's not ethical. So he wrote That's a not what in, science should be about. So he wrote a letter in 1955 to the public health service. 55. Which, 55, and they did not respond. He wrote a letter, this is an ethical stop, and they did nothing. They said, all right, turf that into the I don't give a shit pile. No, they're like, oh, fan mail. In 1965, another doctor by the name of Erwin Schatz, 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 S-C-H-A-T-Z, Schatz, he wrote a letter uh, directly to the study's authors, who promptly put it in the bin of do not need to reply to that. <laughs> yeah. In 1966, Peter Buxton, uh, a public health service uh, venereal disease investigator, sent a letter to the director of the venereal disease expressing his concern over the study, which is now all controlled by the CDC at this point. So the CDC has complete oversight. Of the study. Of the study, yeah. So, uh, well, of, of, of the public health service, they have the oh, okay. CDC's uh, all now right. taken. Um, okay, so the, the CDC, CDC now exists and is being like, all right, is, we're the like, oversight uh, yeah, yeah. oversight for yeah. all of The public health everything. service is still there, but it's over, overseen gotcha. by the CDC. Gotcha. Uh, so the CDC reaffirmed, that's the Center for Disease Control if you're not from the United States. Uh, they reaffirmed the need to continue the study until its completion. And by the way, that completion meant until they all died because they were forcing families to allow them to do the autopsies of the deceased. And so what was were, the timeline? Indefinite. Uh, by the way, the decision had been uh, supported by the American Medical Association and the National Medical Association, which is what represented the African American population. Because at this time, we have separate but not equal. I was going to ask: is is that similar to the American and the National Football Conferences that we have uh, divided into as a country? 
No, because oh, unrelated. We, no, unrelated uh, because in that particular instance, it was uh, it was two football professional agencies coming together and merging. Sure, which which had members of all races, and this particular one. Wow, one is black doctors. I don't know. One is black doctors and one is white doctors. Probably not during the merger. No, I'm not so keen on football history. Yeah, I actually, I actually am not sure either. But I would just guess. Based on the well, longevity yeah. of the NFL, Since it was in uh, the 50s when the NFL, like when the NFL and you know American. The, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah late the 40s, early 50s, I think. Because we just had, we had Super Bowl Super, 50 a little bit ago. So. Yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl was like the first one was like in the yeah. Well, anyways, Peyton Manning won Super Bowl 50. Uh, well, his defense did, but in, yeah. in any case. <laughs> In any case, in 1968, William Carter Jenkins, a statistician for the PHS, founded the Drum Newsletter, which was devoted to ending racial discrimination. He called for an end to the study, but nobody listened because nobody read his newsletter. Oh. Uh, finally, in so, so that's kind of what would happen if we, we were to call something out and be yeah. like, hey, you need to stop doing that. They'd just be like, oh, nobody gave a shit about what they said. The five listeners don't care. <laughs> uh, in, in 1972, Peter Buxton would finally get pissed off enough that he would go to the press and the story broke first in Washington Star on July 25th, 1972. The public was, you need. was outraged. They yeah. read this paper like, you can't do that. You can't tell people that you're giving them treatment and not give them treatment. Like, yeah, you need a good media member, a good, you know, scoops newspaper that's going to get in there with the nitty gritty and get everybody reading it. And that's what you need. So the CDC and the PHS, Public Health Service, put together mm-hmm. a task force to examine the study. They are a ta- we're, we're gonna they examine are a task ourselves. force. What are you talking about? This is a good use of taxpayer money. God. Uh, their investigation concluded that the men signed a consent for the study and treatment, but were not informed of the purpose of the study. The huh. study was ordered to be shut down, not because of this lack of consent were formed, but because the panel deemed it unnecessary because the treatment was already out since yeah. the 40s, and there's no point in studying this anymore yeah it'd be like today being like hey let's do a long-term polio study on people yeah what we got it treated we figured it out we have the vaccines and everything else well, why don't we go ahead and do a long-term study and just stop vaccinating people oh <laughs> so the aftermath johnny by the end of the study in 1972 only 74 of the test subjects were still alive. Now, to be fair, the I mean, study right, was 40 yeah. years old, so like a lot of those people... Yeah, a lot of it's natural causes. Anyways. But still, only 74 of the test subjects were still alive. Of the original 399 men, 28 died directly of syphilis. Mm. Another 100 died of related complications to syphilis. 40 of their wives had been infected, and God knows how many mistresses, because let's be honest, yeah, yeah. it's a sexually transmitted disease. These guys aren't going to be honest about, well, yeah, I sleep around them, you know, Against my wife. Well, right, and also you you just do a study with those numbers. There's going to be people who are not yeah. um, uh, Nineteen children born by these these men uh, mm. were were born with syphilis. Now, now, quick question. I suppose they, of course, immediately got um, all of the treatment that was promised to their parents for this study, and they being in um, a poor being in a poor county in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's what they were promised. Like that's you know that's why they did the study. They signed up because they're like, oh, I get some free health care. I got a kid. Oh, he also got syphilis, so he can he get the same treatment that I do. Get grandfathered into the treatment program. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, the NAACP would no. The NAACP would sue the federal government and uh, actually won ten million dollars or fifty one point eight million today's money uh, for the remaining patients and their families. Although this would happen not to be split enough. up between the remaining patients and the families. So, like you said, exactly not enough. They also agreed to give them free medical treatment, which I would be dubious. Yeah, about that what offer the like? Because we were supposed to be getting that all along. Yes. So, Excuse me. So you mean to tell me that this free medical treatment that I signed up for the study to get? That's not that was not happening. But now you're telling me that it's going to happen and I should trust you. And this this study had uh, long lasting effects because the African-American population today is still very dubious about medical treatment. And I don't blame them because studies like this and maybe trusting the government. And, and that they the have your best interest in in hand or in heart or whatever when they in yeah. mind when they start you know coming up with policies and everything that affect you. Uh, and obviously, because of this uh, this whole this whole study, there's a, there's an ask on the laws regarding informed consent and what that actually means. Which basically, you can now still do this study if you want, but you have to inform them completely that like we are studying syphilis, you have syphilis, we're not going to treat you for the syphilis. We're yep. just going to wait and see what happens. Now, if you do all those steps and they sign, still a perfectly legal study. Right. But you have well, to do all and, those steps. And, and, and here's the thing that I want to point out and talk about for just a minute. Um, because I think studies like this, stories like this, uh, the government, the health agencies, the scientists acting in this way, this unethical way, I think is a large factor in why people aren't trusting science today and scientists today and the studies that are going on and why there's so much confusion and just awful information around and everybody's skeptical um but there has been we've come a long way since then uh the steps that you have to take as a as a corporation a company a agency making creating studies passing studies uh conducting the studies is so strenuous now that when you get a scientific paper or you get a scientific study, uh, it gets peer-reviewed multiple times and, and, and all that, and it's good information now. And the studies that take place are good studies taking place. And now, so science with, can be trusted. It's okay. Yeah, with, with all that said, I just want to add another caveat to that. If you do read a scientific study that, that, that mimics what your belief structure is, please go online and see if there's another scientific study yep. that backs that up. Yes. Right. Because if there's not, right. chances and, are yes. that scientific study isn't great. Right, because the way the scientific method works is when you do it, conduct an experiment, for this is for every general knowledge, when you conduct an experiment, you write it down in such a way that somebody who is completely unfamiliar with the study can walk up to it, read what you wrote down, and completely copy it. And then if they get the same results you do, that adds more weight to your argument. And so, and, and, and that's that's what we're doing now. We're, we yeah. add that. Now, if you do happen to come across a scientific study that says, oh man, these vaccinations don't work or they cause harm or autism or whatever else and you don't go and then find the 978,000 other scientific studies that have debunked that you're not doing good science no so go ahead and find the one study that said vaccines cause autism (laughs) 
and then find all the I, other ones <laughs> and get him <laughs> and, and, and I, find everybody who went ahead and said, hmm, you know what? This doctor doesn't get to be a doctor anymore because he just makes up bullshit and then kills tens of thousands of people because they don't get vaccinated. You know what? Maybe don't listen to that study. Maybe find all the other ones that, you know, showed he was a fraud. In, 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 in my weekly announcement, historic hindsight itself as an entity is an apolitical... Nah, if you're an anti-vaxxer, you can get the hell out of here. Yeah. Sorry. Vaccinations yeah. work. They do good. If you're an anti-vaxxer, yeah. unsubscribe. Don't want it. <laughs> the hell out of here with that. In any case, I'm going to finish up today's episode with a huge study into this, uh, this, this, this whole thing occurred in 1994, 1996. And the committee like looked into this whole thing. How did it happen? What can we do? How do we, how do we not make do it, it again? Make it right? Kind of? No, just how, not, do, we, how yes. do we not do how it do again? We, how do we, no, how do we make it right? And they said, they came up with two ideas. First, that President Bill Clinton, because he was president at the time, yeah. should publicly apologize for the past government wrongdoing related to the study. And that Great. the committee and people love public apologies. Especially yep, when they carry no weight or just meaningless words. Yep. And the committee and the relevant federal agencies should develop a strategy to redress the damages, which would be the whole, like, you know, informed consent thing. Uh, and, and President Bill Clinton, he would apologize. Well, shouldn't, shouldn't they also just give everybody free health care? Well, that too, but that didn't happen. Uh, it, well, no, I mean everybody. Johnny, yeah, but I don't want free health care. I don't want free health care from these guys. Okay. <laughs> Can I, not, their, can I not their healthcare. Can I get free healthcare from somebody else? I'll, I'll pay can for. I'll, I'll pay slightly. I'll pay for. Yeah, I'll pay for slightly better healthcare. Just a little bit. I'll uh, just, you know. uh, so Bill Clinton would apologize a year later, but it was a meaningless, empty apology because I mean, you know. Well, like, and also, what the hell did he have to do with it? it? Nothing. He it's not coming from stupid. the person who um, did any of it. Five of the eight survivors at that point in time would attend the, the public apology. Uh, nice. the, the The three left uh, were physically unable to attend, so they sent family members in their stead. The last, uh, the last member of the study died in two thousand five. So, oh. really, not that long ago. That's it for this week in historic hindsight. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and join us next week when we talk about methamphetamines.